This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. More people think about their careers as a global one. With more firms keeping operations in different countries, there isn't much wonder why that is the case. But if someone with a global career moves to another country, what is the impact on things like compensation? A new study spoke to over 1,300 MBAs to discuss the impact of their careers to being international. Martin Haas, professor of management at the Wharton School and also director of the Lauder Institute, part of that research, and she joins us with more. Martine, pleasure to talk to you again. How have you been? I'm great. Good to talk to you too, Dan. Thank you. And, and this is obviously a very interesting topic. Let me start with kind of the backstory and what was it that kind of stirred your interest to be a part of this research? Yeah, so you know, this research is about global careers, and in some form or another, that's always been an interest of mine. I have a global career myself, but my early uh, dissertation research, I actually did a, a lot of research at the World Bank, and I got really interested there in the difference um, between what I called locals and cosmopolitans. And so the locals were people who you know, spent a lot of time in, in the particular country where the project was being done, really understood it. But then you have the cosmopolitans, so these people who travel all around the world and bring their knowledge with them, you know, and learn more, obviously, as they go. And so, um, so I, I did this early research on particularly these cosmopolitans and locals. And then, you know, more recently, as you mentioned, I've been, uh, I'm the director of the Lauder Institute, and our students there are doing a, a master's degree in international studies at the same time as their Wharton MBA. And so they are incredibly yeah. international students and have very international careers themselves. So, you know, there's always there's, you know, strong interest in, in how um, their careers are unfolding. And then this opportunity came along. So my co-authors, Matthew Bidwell and Isabel Fernandez-Mateo, were designing a survey um, for the alumni of a large European business school, one of the leading business schools in the world. And, um, you know, it was a great opportunity for me to contribute some questions that I wanted to know more about to do with um, global careers. And they became really interested in that, too. And we brought on our um, our fourth co-author, Giovanna Caponi, to help us analyze the data. And together we got really interested in this question because there's really remarkably little research that looks at how global careers unfold over time and how that affects compensation. You know, we know some stuff about how it affects right. people's, you know, um, psychological well-being, that kind of thing, but not how it affects actual career outcomes, particularly we look at compensation in this, in this paper. And, and so it seems like one of the takeaways here is the fact that uh, a global career, maybe in the first couple of years, has the potential to have a negative impact on compensation, but that over the longer period of time, uh, that that may even out or even, uh, you know, improve as that person continues, correct? Yeah, so that's, that's almost correct, but we need to sort of um, be pretty careful about how we understand it. So it's not really about sort of short-term, long-term. It's really about how many global moves, international moves, musical countries you make over the course of your career. So what we were looking at is, you know, how does one international move affect your compensation in the long term? How does, you know, three, four, five international moves affect compensation when we look at it um, for this, you know, set of alumni, as you mentioned, 1,300 or so um, MBA alumni. And we start counting these moves, by the way, after they've finished their MBA and already kind of started off in one country. 
So when they move right. again after that, we count that as one international move. So in some ways, we're kind of being conservative or, you know, about the number of moves that they're making. And what we find, as, you, as you're saying there, is, is a little bit surprising. We find that people who only move once or twice after their MBA internationally, um, those one or two moves are associated with kind of uh, long-term pay penalties. So they're paid less. Um, both, you know, immediately, but also sort of in the longer term. Then we, we're, we're looking at some of these folks, you know, up to many years after they've um, graduated from the MBA program. Whereas people who've moved many times, so that, you know, three, four, five times, um, are getting positive uh, pay premiums um, by, the, by the time that they've moved that many times internationally. And for the ones who've moved really many, many times, that can be a substantial premium. So Why really, is it you, know, you think it, that impact short or long term? It's more how many moves have you right. taken and how does that affect you? So then, why is it do you think that those that that component of multiple moves has the potential to have that benefit? Yeah, so there's there's really sort of two big questions that come out of our findings, and that's one of them, right? So one is kind of how how do the why is it that one or two moves are negative, and then why is it that multiple moves are positive, right? And so. You're asking the, the second part of that. So why is it that people who've moved many times really see this premium? And, you know, that was something we explored quite a lot. There is quite a bit of literature. There's literature that's saying, research that says that, you know, things can be, moves can be difficult for people's careers. Um, and there's also, on the other hand, research that says, you know, moving internationally can help people gain really valuable knowledge and skills and increase their, you know, networks and become more kind of flexible and agile um, and adaptable um, when you put them in new contexts. And so the right. positive effects that we're seeing for people who've moved many times really seem to be due to those kinds of reasons. We, we actually did a, a bunch of additional interviews with the, some of the people who've moved many, many times in our study. Um, and we really kind of came to see that what we call these super globals, right, people who've moved multiple times, four or more times, super globals, right. um, were people who really seemed to have acquired a really unusual, distinctive set of knowledge and skills, right? They were really people who, who's, who's, uh, what they gained is this real ability to work internationally. And that was really valuable for certain firms and certain roles in those firms. And so it was a really, and by the time you get to people who've moved that much, it's a really thin labor market, right? So these people are really rare, which means that they can command very high premiums. And, and frankly, by the time you've moved that much, you're not going to want to move again unless you're going to be paid a lot for it, right? So they also sure, kind of had sure. a motivation as well as an ability to command, you know, very high salaries at that point um, in their careers. So on the on the positive side, right, the people who'd moved a lot, they were just unique people in the, in the labor market and really valuable, again, to some firms and to some roles. So there is a level, a, a perception, I guess, by firms about that component of international mobility. Yeah, I think that's right. But again, it seems to be, in our study, surprisingly, in some sense, depending on what you're expecting, surprisingly limited to people who've really moved a lot. Right. And on the other right. end of the spectrum, people who've moved once or twice. And again, this is, you know, very salient for folks who are at early stage of their careers and sort of thinking about, do I want to move at all? or Do I want to move you know, a lot if I do move internationally? Um, for those people, you know, 
you can't expect that firms are going to value your one or two international moves is what our data seemed to reveal in terms of higher compensation. So we didn't find that those people benefited financially from one or two international moves. In fact, we found that there was a, it was negative for them, right? Not just neutral, but negative. Right. So people who had moved once or twice actually received lower compensation over time than comparable people who hadn't moved at all, right? Um, internationally. Right. And remember, we're not talking about moves between firms here. We're talking about moves internationally, some of which are within firms and some of which are between firms, right? Um, and right. so why is that? You know, I think the reason is partly that firms may not be valuing um, the, the knowledge and skills that you gain in one or two other countries that highly, right? There's some value to that, but there's also some deficit, you know, some detriment to that, right, relative to... Um, somebody else who has worked, you know, all their career in, in you know, your home country, right? And so you might want to promote right. that person who really understands your home country more than somebody who's actually spent some time somewhere else. Maybe they have something valuable, maybe they don't, right? So it's not clearly beneficial in that way. And it's also the case that people who move, you know, just once or twice are often doing that for a whole range of reasons that are not just about compensation. They're not necessarily trying to maximize their compensation, although, of course, we'd always, you know, want to do that. Um, as well, yeah. right? But a lot of those people are going to move because um, they want the adventure. They want the personal enrichment. They think that over sure. time, there's going to open up new professional opportunities for them, which probably it does, right? But they're not necessarily out there trying to maximize compensation above all else. It's just one of many things. Um, so again, we, we have the slightly, I think, surprising finding to people who, you know, it would be, you know, don't assume that if you move internationally, that's going to help your, your pay over time. It might help your career in all sorts of other ways as well as your personal, you know, life. But, um, but there can be, you know, um, negative effects on compensation if you only move once or twice. If you keep moving, you're going to see longer term potential benefits, right? Let me, let me circle back on something because that, that component of, uh, of even within a company moving from one culture to the other, and maybe this occurs more so when that first move or that second move occurs, is that the perception at times, and I've heard this referred to, uh, that whether or not that, that move, that first move or that second move, brings different challenges of working in one culture and, and going to another, and, and whether or not that has any impact on that mindset of compensation. But then after you've made three, four, five changes in life, You've been a part of so many different cultures that you have that kind of broader experience. Yeah, I think that's really right. And it, it kind of gets back to my, you know, what I started to talk about at the beginning, these sort of cosmopolitans, right? People who've really moved a lot. We're calling them global, yeah. um, super globals in the study. Cosmopolitans is another word for them. You know, you just acquire a really different kind of set of skills and adaptability, and you're not necessarily rooting anywhere, but you're learning to operate really easily and flexibly and pretty quickly in a lot of different environments, right? Um, and it's certainly the case, and there's a lot of research um, to, to show this, that you know, when you first move internationally, it can be really very difficult, right? There's a lot of adaptation that needs to take place, um, and people often underrate how difficult that's gonna be for them. And so there is evidence from prior research that you know, international moves when people come back, um, if they're you know, expatriates who come back to their home country, it can actually be associated with, you know, difficulty adjusting, difficulty readjusting, sometimes with, you know, um, promotions actually being less likely to happen. Um, and sometimes that's because, you know, again, you acquire some valuable knowledge and skills, but you also lose some things, right? You don't develop sure. um, or maintain your local networks in the same way, right? And so, 
Um, so, so there is definitely a, a mixed bag, um, and that cultural adaptation piece is part of the learning curve that can be really hard for people in the in the early days. And again, people do get, I think, more, and I see this again with my MBA students, right, more facile and more able to, to do this the more they do it, right? It is, it is a skill you can learn really well over time. Does potentially this element around compensation, does it differ in terms of certain countries over others? Were you able to determine that, or is that just you know kind of on the on the outside edges here? Yeah, I mean we we we're really interested to look at this because you know our data set is unusually large um, for being able to look at people who are this internationally mobile. It's, you know they're a very unusual population in some ways, right? They are very international yeah. people, um, and so that means that there was actually a lot of variation or what we call heterogeneity, right, in the data set, right? So we have people who have moved within firms and between firms who have moved to many different countries and cities within those countries. Um, you know we have people who moved within regions or between geographic regions. So we, we looked at all of that to try to see whether there were, you know, notable patterns. And interestingly enough, in some sense, we didn't see a lot of differences in moves, you know, within firms versus between the firms in terms of how moving internationally within firms versus between the firms affected compensation. Um, and we didn't really see, but we weren't, we weren't really looking for moves to particular countries. We actually controlled right. for that in our analysis. So all our results are looking at kind of net of which particular countries you're talking about. Um, but one, one thing we did see a little bit of evidence for, but it wasn't very strong, was that there did seem to be a bigger premium to moves between regions than within regions. Okay. Um, and so these sort of longer international moves, um, which again has to do probably with these super globals who are really making, you know, these very global careers and moving across regions of the world a lot. There, there, there was a bit of a, it seemed to be a little bit advantageous as opposed to, for so, example, the people who are moving a lot within Europe, right? But it was, it was yeah. not very strong. I mean, it's not a strong claim that we can make from the data. I would assume that in speaking with all of these different MBAs, that in terms of putting this research together, it becomes important for those who are considering a career that may have that international component looking forward in terms of having a better understanding of what their expectations should be moving forward, correct? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, there's definitely a lot of interest uh, from our students who, again, many of whom, you know, not just the law students, but all, you know, MBA students is something that, that yeah. many MBA students think about. Um, and many people in their early careers coming out of good universities are thinking about, you know, are they going to try to explore internationally. And, you know, I think in, in terms of advice, as you're know, just saying, it's kind of recognizing that uh, compensation is only one of many things, right? And you shouldn't assume, again, that, you know, that it's, this is necessarily the path to higher compensation unless it's something moving internationally or something that you're going to want to keep doing throughout your career. Um, it may be that there's, you know, mixed benefits and costs moving internationally and you've got to think for yourself right um you know how much do i want the experience am i going to really enjoy this is it going to expose me to things i wouldn't otherwise do is it going to be enriching for me don't do it just for the pay because it's you know it's not necessarily going to benefit you that way you know on the other hand if you're if you are only doing it for the pay then you would only move if there was higher pay and you can negotiate right. that as your primary you know concern and, and not do it otherwise right so you can you could make it pay more for you and or otherwise not do it, right? And, and there are probably some folks like that in our data set. Um, but for more people, what we're seeing is, you know, it's, it's not the compensation returns are not the, um, not the main reward to this. All right. Martine, great to have you with us. Thanks very much for your time today. 
Thank you so much, Dan. Good to talk to you. Take care. You too as well. Martine Haas, who is a uh, uh, director of the Lauder Institute here at uh, uh, the Wharton School and the University of Pennsylvania, and uh, also who is a professor of management. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.